It's so good. New face, although maybe I've met you before. Who is that? This is Justin. Justin, I don't know you, but good job. I played cello when I was in, like, junior high. And I was terrible. And Dylan Johnson fun, Nathan, Diana. What's your name? Saul? Peter. It's so fun to be back. I had a chance to see Dr. Hurd and Anna and some others. I love being back. The better half, Jenny, is here with us. Say hi, Jenny. And so we are excited. We got here. We had a memorial yesterday for Kathy Lowe. If you remember Kathy and Doug and all, she went home to be with Jesus. So we celebrated yesterday here. I love the look. I love what's happening here. We love you. And uh, we don't forget you, just so you know. And who would ever forget Miss D, right? Can't, can't do that. And if you get into this place, somehow she'll find you and make sure she hugs you and says hello. So we're glad about that. Jenny and I, quick update just so you know. We left almost three and a half years ago. Can we believe it? It's crazy. And um, we uh, said goodbye to our parents this last year. Her mom and dad both passed in September and November. And my mom went home to the Lord in March of last year. So that was a lot of um, stuff for us. Um, but in the meantime, we've received four grandkids, two boys and two girls. So we're excited about that. And uh, I was going to retire. Um, but I've served now as an interim pastor in Visalia um, for two years almost. And then uh, Jenny and I had a chance to go, and I had a chance to be at our first church that we took out of seminary in 1978, Hanford um, First Presbyterian Church. So we, we served that church um, for about a year, and then we were trying to help our daughter at Dinuba Press, and that's where she and Paul and our two grandkids are. Um, but in the meantime, this you know, I thought it was over, and this little church called Orange Cove First Presbyterian Church, church of about 30 members, maybe, and we get 15 to 18 in worship. So you think I talk loud to these people. I'm the booming voice of Moses, and, uh, but we have a great time, and uh, I'm loving the farming community. And by the way, San Joaquin has got the fruit. I mean, you, you think you got fruit? I know you have some nice places, but we have great fruit, so... That's because we're all fruit takes. But anyway, I think I'm echoing, but, you know, I don't have... I miss Albert. I can't believe the Lord. He's with the Lord. I, I can't pick on Albert. I have to pick on Jim. Are you a volunteer, Jim? Oh, so, like, if I pick on you and all of that, you'll quit? <laughs> Am I having an echo problem? I'm okay? All right. We better get to the sermon. My wife said, hey, listen, it's communion. Be short, Mark. I am short. I've been short my whole life. So I'm letting us off the hook. Sorry, you're not going to hear about judgment. I have a big log in my eye, and so do you all. So my message is get the log out so we can just maybe deal with specs, right? That's it. That's what Jesus meant. So thanks be to God. All right. Because we're going to talk about what it means for us to experience joy in the midst of worry and stress, because some of that is happening a lot these days. And uh, I named this, I didn't come up with this name, 
you know um, Bobby McFerrin um, singing the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Well, that's what I named it after. We're going to see, maybe, are we good to go for the one-minute clip as we get ready? song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Don't worry, be happy. I play that song for my grandson, Nathaniel, regularly, and uh, he loves that song. It's uh, got a great message, a great little uh, word for us today. Well, this morning, as I want us to look at what remaining joyful might look like in the midst of stress and worry, Paul gives us, um, out of the book of Philippians, some real encouraging words on how to get there and how to get that happy life that I think that we have all been promised. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. May you always be joyful in your life in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. I'm going to have a probably different words, but you'll get the sense of where it is. But I learned that um, verse, Philippians 4, 4, at camp. I memorized it because a great song, Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice, bump, bump, rejoice in the Lord always again. You know, so if you ever say you do it in parts and all of that. So it's kind of a cool song, important to me. Now, I want to tell you, probably it's really a big question that we all, all look at probably and say, can you truly be continually a person of joy? You know, there are a lot of folks that don't experience that joyful life. They find life difficult, and they find themselves just enduring it. But their lives feel much more stressful and with anxiousness and pressure, and they find that the joy is very little because of stressful things. I'll tell you, we worry about lots of stuff. And this morning, I think Paul is going to challenge us to find a way to approach that's dealing with the idea of worry and stress in, in some very simple statements that he makes in these next verses. The first one is worry about nothing. Paul is going to encourage you. Verse 6, let me see what it says there. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't fret. Don't have anxiety. Be careful for nothing. That's the King James Version. Worry can hinder joy and is a source of stress. 
Worry tends to expect the worst in life, and we become so anxious. Worry is assuming responsibility that God doesn't intend for you and I to have in our lives. Worry is trying to control that uncontrollable that we experience. Now, there's things that we can be worried about. And I could, you know, you, all you have to do is just turn on your phone or your um, app or to listen to news, and we are worried about all sorts of stuff, our finances, our health, you know, our situations in terms of our, our world's problems that we face. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff to truly be concerned about. But worry, Paul is going to still say, is worthless because it cannot change the past and it cannot control the future, so it's just going to mess us up right now. It is an incredible, Paul says, waste of energy and time. When we worry about things, what happens often is that they get bigger. You know, I find that that happens to me more often between the hours of 1 and 3 in the morning. And it starts off with a little thing like, ah, I shouldn't have had that 12-piece cake that is going to now be affected when I get on the scale in the morning. And from there, I'm, I'm worried about the world and what's happening all around me, you know, and all of those kind of things. Maybe I'm just alone in that. The Bible says, do not worry about anything. So church, I know that this is a hard command for a lot of us. Because we just have this tendency in our DNA to be worriers. Worriers have the ability to find a problem in every solution. They seem to look at the negative and the bad. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 6, Worry is not natural, it's something one learns. It's not natural, it's something we learn. We have to practice worrying to get good at it. I'll tell you, whoa, it starts very early on. We are responsible on Tuesdays and Thursdays for our grandkids, um, Nathaniel and Hope. And Nathaniel is now three and moving and all, having all of that stuff. And Jenny and I always start off with the idea of, Lord, may we not mess them up. May it happen on their watch, not ours. And last, last week we were having fun and he was all of a sudden to run and he trips and he's going to take a full facial. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is over. They'll never let us see him again, our kids. And he gets, he falls to the ground. He looks around like, should I cry? And I'm saying, you may not be worried, Nathaniel, but if you have any blood there, I'm now in deep trouble. But he was safe. He got up and he kept moving. I worry that I worry that we're going to mess up our grandkids, and not that they can't recover from it, but that our, grand, our own children will say, you're done. We don't need you any longer. <laughs> Although it's free child care, so I don't know that they'll get too mad. <laughs> if worry is learned, guess what? It can be unlearned. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Yeah. Worry about nothing, Paul thought. So think about this. In order to relieve worry and stress, I think what Paul's suggestion is that we live each day one day at a time. That's what Paul is saying. 
And by the way, Paul wrote this letter from prison, about to go see Nero, and to probably be said, your life is over, we're going to execute you. You had a guy that could have been worried about stuff, he obviously had the opportunity to be a worrier, but he wasn't. Second, what can Paul suggest for us to help deal with stress and worry? Pray about everything. Now, that sounds typically like really right, right? And I love, I, you know, my dad used to say this a lot. My life is a prayer. So he was covered 24-7, you know, because prayer is essential and important. But Paul is going to get specific. Pray about everything that we face. When God tells us to eliminate something, God always has something much better and greater for us. God always replaces a negative with a positive. Philippians 4, 6, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God. You ever thought about that? You're being given permission to come to God about anything and everything and be very specific about whatever you're going to request. That's why when I drive and I get into parking lots that should have been double for the size of what they're going to like have service around them and they're not, I pray, God, I need a parking spot and I want it close. That's as specific as I get. <laughs> and I do that not with terror but with thanksgiving. And I'll tell you what, my trucker record is pretty good. I don't think God cares, but I think I care about what God doesn't care about. That didn't make sense, did it? Present each request to God. What Paul is saying is, don't panic. Don't worry. Be happy. Be joyful. How? By praying and asking God. How much time do you spend in prayer? You know, think about it. How much time do you spend in worry? If you take some of that, if not all of it, and apply all of what you worry about into praying about it, I have a feeling you'd be worried about less things. Think about that. It would create such a great vacuum or void in our lives if we stopped worrying and started praying regularly. People say, I don't have time to pray. Well, again, instead of the worry, say, whoa, I'm worried? I'm going to take some time and pray very specifically so that I can deal and let God deal with that worry in my life and do it with thanksgiving in my heart. God is interested in everything in our lives. Petition, it's a specific, detailed request. So get specific with God. Tell God what is on your heart, your mind. What is creating the stress or the tension etc., the worry, and let God know specifically. Truth is, church, let's, God is, Paul is encouraging you and I to get very specific in the requests that we have. Philip Phillips says this, when we pray, tell God the details of our needs. If it's big enough to worry about, I think that what we can see here, it's important for us to then pray about it. Peter believes this and agrees with Paul. 1 Peter 5, 7, unload all our worries on our Father God since our Father God is looking after each of us. So take our problems to our Lord and pray about them specifically and not spend our time worrying needlessly, but unloading them, those requests, to our Heavenly Father. 
There is no, big prob no problem that is too big for God's power when we allow ourselves, as Philip says, that we can throw the whole weight of our anxieties upon God, for we are God's personal concern. Nothing is too small to take to the Lord. James says, James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. So worry about nothing, pray about everything, Paul says. Three, thank God for all things. In everything, with thanksgiving. The Good News Version says it this way, always asking God with a thankful heart. The attitude of gratitude. That's become a pretty important thing in uh, my wife and I's life. We, Jenny is uh, a believer in this, uh, this idea of finding something to be, you know, giving gratitude to the Lord for, for why we are there. And she journals, and I know she spends a lot of time giving God thanks with the attitude that she wants to have gratitude in her life. And, I, and I've watched her doing that, and we talk about that, and, and we both are trying to, in, particularly, gosh, I, if I would have known the things that I know today, 30 years or more ago when I came here, man, I'd have been a better pastor. You would have had a better dude. You know, we would have gone, not gone through some of the crazy things just because I was a stupid. So, you know, and, and the things I worried about, versus what God wanted us to be about in terms of it. And, you know, we can get so caught up in that. But then I just also, God sits me down enough to say, Mark, relax. You know, it's good. And the truth is, you have life and you have health. Um, you have new parts in your body, new knees, new plates in your wrists, new brain. Be grateful. One of the healthiest emotions is our attitude of gratitude. To have a grateful heart, to be a thankful person, it can also increase our health. There's physical benefits that can be expressed through it. But when we're ungrateful and unhappy, then nothing really ever satisfies, and we essentially find ourselves just not feeling like we've got enough to really enjoy our life. You know, if you find yourself fearful or depressed, or stressed or worrying, I think I would encourage you to make a list of those things that counter that, that you can be grateful for. Let's see if we can get three things we're grateful for today. I'll hear three. Go for it. One, what are you grateful for? Huh? Grandchildren. Grandchildren. We'll take grandkids. Absolutely. What else? To be, here. To be able to be here, present in this place. Child Amen. Taco Sunday. Who doesn't love Taco Sunday? One more. Are we thankful that we are here in the presence of Christ through the Holy Spirit? Amen. A lot to be got. We, whether we have everything else, we've got Jesus, folks. And that's awesome. Thank God for all things so that we can develop that attitude of gratitude. And then last, think about the right things. To reduce stress in our lives, I think what Paul is saying is we've got to change the way we think. See, stress and worry are often the things that are things that happen in ourselves, not outside of us. Our mind is a special gift from God. Our mind is able to store lots of thoughts. Our mind can handle huge things that we've been given by God. So God is saying, take 
and have the freedom to choose what you're going to focus on, what you're going to think about. Philippians 4, verse 8. So finally, sisters and brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, then think about such things. See, I think what Paul is encouraging is to have us choose in our life what we're going to focus and think about and that we need to put our minds in the right place by thinking about the right things. What we put into our minds can and will affect our lives. What I see is that some people allow kind of the tough, wrong things to enter into one's mind, and so then it's no wonder that they're under stress. Many people, lots of even followers, are totally undiscerning about what they're putting into their minds and what becomes part of their um, thought process. Jenny Jenny and I learned early on not to watch any of the really tough FBI, the, the, the blood and guts one, the really crazy stalker, crazy people out there before we go to bed. It's the wrong thing to think about. You know, I mean, it's just not. I mean, so we've gone to Sesame Street and to, you know, all of those kinds. Elmo Elmo is much easier to fall asleep to. What do you put into your mind? Because what it is is going to then affect how you think and what you view. When we think about these things in a way that are the things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, those things, when we're doing that, we're going to then counter and work against the worry factor and stress factor in one's life. Proverbs 23, 7, as one thinks in their heart, so one is. What we think in our heart is what we are and what we think. So church, what what dictates your mind? What things do you think about the most? The basic cause of stress and worry is those things that we choose to think about. Whenever I think about what is um, what I am becoming, I think again, Lord, may I find those characteristics and put those into my mind so that they can affect me in how I might live. If you want a joyful, stressless, worryless life, worry about nothing, Paul says, pray about everything, thank God for all things, and think about the right things. And your life and our life together can be headed in the right direction and a lot less stress-free. If we do this, Philippians 4, 7, we will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. For God's peace will keep our hearts, our thoughts, quiet and at rest as we trust in Jesus the Christ. This is a promise of certain peace for one's mind. If you're looking for peace of mind, Paul says you find it when you trust Jesus and when you let his, his stuff of good thinking fill the crescent and, and, and our minds in wonderful ways. How will, we, how will we keep that peace? When we continue to keep ourselves under Jesus' um, kind of uh, coverage and, and love and care. When we try to, you know, put our life in another way against that, then I think it's when worry and stress can affect us. So church, if you are ready like I am to try to have a less worrisome, stressful life, then let's allow ourselves to, again, not worry, 
pray about our life and things that we face, thank God for the things that we are able to give gratitude for and put the right kind of thinking in, in place as we find that we can find peace in the trusting arms and love of Jesus the Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, we're grateful this morning that we could come today and be here and to be in a place where we can know that we can find your love and your trust. We are grateful that today, oh God, is another day that we have you that we can lean on and that we can trust as we put the kind of things that you have given us to be filling our minds as we specifically come and, and bring to you our requests and strive to be happy, joyful people. We give this to you in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen, amen and amen.